It is roundtable time here at Lawyer Talk. That means we're at the roundtable. Imagine that. I bet you guys could connect those dots all on your own. But just in case, we call it the roundtable because there actually is a roundtable right here at Channel 511 in Studio C. We have the normal crew. We have uh, Norm, who is, uh, you know, Norm just comes with all the goods and uh, gives me a run for my money. Sir Lancelot at the round table. Sir, no- <laughs> Sir Normalot. Sir Normalot. Yeah. Sir Mixalot. Oh, Sir Mixalot. Then we got Brett from Circle 270 Media, who's our podcast guru. And, uh, you know, we might as well just talk about that real quick, you know, or really quickly, real quick, really quickly. So we should, uh, if you, anybody wants a podcast, you're running out of space. I mean, the studio time, it's funny when we started this, Brett, I, I never yeah. thought that we would be booked where it would be difficult to actually find time to get down here and record, but... We talked about the scenario, but we decide, oh, down the road. It'll well, never guess happen. what? Guess what? We're down that road. <laughs> We're down that road. So if yeah. you've been thinking, yeah. man, I've been listening to those guys. I'd love to get down there and check out Studio C at Channel 511 and do my own podcast, as Norm is about to do. Um, yes. uh, you better call and get your spot. Now, how do you call and get your spot? Well, it's easy. You go to channel511.com. You can send us a question. You can give me a call upstairs, downstairs, everywhere. Is Brett, how do they get you? Just go to mypodcastguy.com. Mypodcastguy.com. We all work together, so you get one, you get all. You can use the studio. Don't worry. There's still some space left, but it won't be long before we're spilling over into uh, like after-hours time, which you know nobody wants to do that. Yeah, or a Studio B or a Studio D. Studio you know. B and D. You know, <laughs> will be taking over the whole building here at five eleven. There you go. So uh, that said, we got roundtable time. That means we're covering all the good stuff, the juicy stuff. The normalot stuff, yeah, um, you know, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a lawyer. It is lawyer talk, and there is Ugh. this thing going on with the U.S. Supreme Court. Oh, um, just to jump the gun here a little bit. Okay, um, and you know, we started to have this conversation off the record or off the air on the re- whatever the heck the thing is. But uh, you know, there's a nomination for a new justice. Norm, what's your take on it? Well. So uh, the, the, the person nominated is Ketanji Brown-Jackson and uh, seems like a nice lady and uh, an experienced uh, jurist. Um, I don't have any particular history uh, to share or anything, you know, that, that is super scary. I mean, obviously, being nominated by uh, President uh, Joe Biden, she's going to be uh, on the left. Um, and that's, you know traditionally been just fine you know republicans or conservatives get to appoint right-leaning jurists if if they're uh, you know qualified and uh, she seems qualified uh, my my biggest uh, the only answer i heard that really uh, and, and it's become a thing it's not just her but it's become like the pat answer um is on a right to life um they they almost always, you know, whether it was uh, Amy Coney Barrett or uh, Brett Kavanaugh or whoever it is, and now it's uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson, they always like to say, well, oh, come on, Roe v. Wade, that's settled law. You know, that's uh, stare decisis. You know, that's, you know, got to be prudent, you know, or whatever George Bush used to say. <laughs> You know, it, 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 got to be prudent what or I, yeah. safe, rare, and yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, without getting into the merits of, um, you know, uh, Roe v. Wade, it's just a decision. <laughs> you know, it, it's not in the Constitution. It's, it was made up of 
whole cloth. Yeah, not to get into the merits, but Norm says it's all bunk. Well, I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying it's no like, more starry. I didn't come here to praise Caesar. I came to hey man, I came to bury him. Right. But he's a great guy. It's just no more it's no more settled law than any other non constitutional issue. Well, I think it's less settled than other non constitutional yeah. issues. There's yeah. this notion called super precedent, which again, you're not gonna find that in your pocket constitution anywhere. But this notion of super precedent means like it it is whether you like it, whether you don't like yeah. it, whatever it is, right. you can't change it now. Yeah, and you know, there's not a you're not going to look up super precedent and find it in the Constitution. But generally speaking, I think it works this way: where it is, it is such established law that nobody ever dissents. So you, you might take some of the old Commerce Clause cases that initially would cause us consternation, but it ain't going to change now. Sorry, right. get over it. Uh, I don't think Roe v. Wade is a super precedent. It always gets dissent. Every decision comes up as controversial. Right. It is, and, and I think for a lot of reasons, but a lot of the reason is what you just described, Norm, that it wasn't really spelled out in, in, in the founder's document called the United States Constitution. You're not going to find it in Article 1, 2, 3, or 4. You're not going to find it anywhere. No. Um, it doesn't say you have a right to abortion. Doesn't define what abortion is. Doesn't define what a baby is. Doesn't define what a fetus. It doesn't define any of that nonsense. Right. So uh, that's why it's always going to be controversial. Now, I almost think sometimes what you should do is just have a like the old note you'd send to the girl you liked. Do you like me? Check yes. <laughs> yeah. Will you talk to me? Check right. no. Yeah. And yeah. then instead of like having these hearings, do you believe in Roe v. Wade? Check yes. Exactly. Or yeah. no. And you can do it anonymously. <laughs> I do want to point out that one of the um, tremendous things about her hearing this week and today is the last day of her hearings that they have scheduled is that the opposition to her in this case not the democrats but the republicans the republicans have been dignified in their opposition they haven't dragged out you know uh some behavior from when she was you know in junior high school and maybe had too much uh you know vodka you know, or was at a sorority party or, you know, got dragged, uh, you know, into the backseat of somebody's car, you know, or had a a pubic hair on a Coke can or whatever other kinds of bizarre, strange That was Clarence Thomas, by the way. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. For those who aren't old enough to remember who Anita Hill is, I do. They didn't bork her. Yeah, I mean, this was a dignified hearing, and it, I just hope, and of course, you know, it's no chance, it's no chance. But I just would like to think or like to hope that when the Republicans are back in the White House and Schumer and the gang, you know, want to take a shot at some future Republican president's nominees, that they would be as dignified as Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and uh, others have been. No chance. The hypocrisy here always astounds me because here's the answer you're going to get. Well, we went after Kavanaugh because he was so bad that he's the one that caused us to have to go after him like that. Or we went after Bork because he was just so horrible that we... But if you dig into the depths of that, if you actually plumb the depths, as you would say, um, it was a calculated plan by activists to do those things. And, you know, Kavanaugh, like him, dislike him, whatever. I, I remember arguing with people at the time. I was like, listen, you can say... It's about these ancient allegations that have no proof. But what it really is, is about abortion. <laughs> you know, that's it. Right, right, right. right. And, and, you know, it's all nonsense. Right. Uh, and you're right. The Republicans did not do this. So you, there's, I think there's an argument to be made that maybe they should. But I, I don't, I'm not going to champion that. I, I don't think they should. 
but you can sort of see if the other side's never going to back down, you can't just keep you can't keep taking your pencil to a, a fight that has whips and chains. You know, it's like you're not going to. You know, the pen here is not mightier than the the craziness. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Lindsey Graham pointed out. I remember this during the Kavanaugh hearings. He gave a an impassioned speech, and he pointed out that he had voted for every single nominee that a Democrat president had ever put before him. And his thinking was the advise and consent role on on the cabinet or Supreme Court means that unless there's something truly outrageous about that person, the president should get what he or she has put before the Senate for advising consent and, yeah. and should get it. And it, it used to be a very perfunctory kind of uh, exercise. Yeah, here's my advice, and now I consent. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So what, what is the process then prior to them being advised and consent just that just they, they would just, have to the rubber stamp for yeah. the most part yeah. it was and, so it's, and, so it's uh, going uh, through uh, a gauntlet to a certain degree i mean they're looked at pretty bork, heavily bork was the first one yeah or okay. i think the first one in our time I, I don't know the history okay. but the, bork was the bork sort of and you know who did that was biden biden was the guy or not, yeah biden was behind bork i believe basically yeah. they would bring in somebody from the american bar association back when that started and that person would would go through a dry you know, dissertation on the, on the candidate's prior judicial mm-hmm. temperament and, you know, cases. And, and it would just be very factual. And and, and then they might have the guys, uh, you know, uh, the colleagues testify and it would be over in an afternoon. But yeah. this is this is the law of unintended consequences. As soon as the Supreme Court starts to take on political issues, <clears throat> not legal issues, Right. Then the Supreme Court becomes a political body, right. not a legal body. Right. And, you know, you could say that, it, it, and here's what they're going to say. Well, it's so abortion is so important. It has to be a constitutional right. It is a constitutional right. So now we need to preserve it. But, you know, if had the court never have, have taken on that issue, which it shouldn't have, because it wasn't, you know, if it was a foundational decision, meaning we don't, there is no constitutional right. States do what you want. Yeah. Congress, you do what you want. You can regulate this, but we can't recognize it as a constitutional right. As soon as that happens... You, you, have, you have put something on the wall, hung it on the wall on a weak nail, yeah. and you need now you need to make sure that you keep the court packed full of the people who agree with you. Because they're legislating from the bench. They're legislating. Right. And legislation, laws can be changed. Yeah. Laws can be modified. Right. Laws can be amended, withdrawn, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's public debate about it. Right. And I, 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 a good friend of mine, Mark, an attorney, I debate with him all the time on this. I'm like, listen, I... If you want my personal opinion on abortion, I'll give it to you. But if you want my professional opinion, my legal opinion, my my academic thoughts on it, it's trouble. You you create a constitutional right out of whole cloth, and now every time there's a hearing about a new judge, it's got to be destined and designed to either support that decision or repeal that decision. So the safe answer that they're all giving now is is what – Ketanji Brown Jackson just gave, and 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 the two prior conservative nominees to the court is, oh, that's settled. That's a that that's a settled area, and it would take something extraordinary for us to have to open that up again. Which is BS on both sides. Which is sides. BS because there's a case pending right now. Yeah. Well, on didn't Roe Amy? Right. Amy right. said, I thought the the party line, the recent party line has been, I can't comment on cases that are already in the pipeline. So, which is fine. Well, they all know. find a dodge of some kind. Is yeah. is my point? They're the not point commenting on the merits of Roe v. Wade because 
They know that 50% of the senators are going to disagree and 50% are going to agree. Yeah. And so it's, it's a nightmare. That's why I said just have a little box. So as you go in, say, look, pro-abortion, pro-life, done. Now you know, so shut up. I want to know, you know, are you a constitutional originalist? You know, that's, yeah. that's are really... Are you going to ignore the Constitution or are you going to follow it? That's right. All right. Yeah. Which is your job. Yeah. Which is your job, yeah. That's your job. Yeah. Which means disassembling about the last 80 years of jurisprudence at the Supreme Court. Yeah, I'd got it. I'd got the, I'd got the sure. whole administrative state. Right. Sure. I just, just got it. Right. But uh, and we're stuck with it. We have what we have. And now, but the, the problem with this, the unintended consequences of this, is that you get uh, political hearings on judicial matters. Yeah. Right. And and it it's because judicial, the judicial body has taken on political issues and you know and then you get something like we're threats to pack the court so we can get our way it's going to be a third general assembly or legislative branch soon enough if if this if this goes on and you know i i'm much more concerned or interested in like you norm how is this nominee going to look at constitutional issues as a philosophical matter Mm -hmm. is the constitution gospel is it the good news is it the truth is it what it should be Right. Um, and then are we going to follow it? Because it is the law of the land. It was written as the law of the land. It's meant to be the law of the land. It's not meant to be modified by political forces. Right. right. Um, and, and we're going to, we'll talk about this later, but there is a process to change the constitution. It's written right there. Yeah. You know, just, just use it. But her background is a defense attorney, correct? And everybody else yeah. has been prosecutor so far. Uh, I wouldn't, I don't know that for sure, but probably. Okay. Probably. That, how does that change things? Well, Do you think an, it does a little bit? It, it's the debate we were having before okay. uh, we got on the air about uh, the, the big thing I've watched, and, and I'm going to actually take up her cause on this, the uh, her position on child pornography cases, and, and that's been sort of morphed into sex offender cases. And, you know, like so much other stuff in the law, there's nuance to this that cannot be painted with such a broad brush either way. I mean, you couldn't just say she's lenient on uh, child pornography cases, nor could you say somebody else is harsh on child pornography cases without knowing so much information. What are the facts of the case? What's the history of the person? What's the, um, how many, what are the, what are the details of the guideline considerate sentencing guideline considerations? Uh, what are the details of the statutory considerations? And I, I think the Republicans or the conservatives here have to be careful because you don't want to do what we accuse the other side of doing. You don't want to paint this with an overly broad brush and just say she's soft on child pornography because I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's fair to say this woman agrees that there should be child pornography. I, don't, I mean, it, that's really what they're sort of – it's, it's political rhetoric for that. They're, mm-hmm. they're saying, well, she disagrees with child porners or child pornographers. And I don't think that's quite what she's saying. Now, she didn't articulate it very well under the gun. Like She was saying like there's – people want to be part of a group, so they join. I mean, it's like – she didn't articulate, but what she was really saying, I think, and the argument I've made in the past has been, and I've represented people charged with possession, downloading, disseminating, creating, all of it, child pornography. And I'm not, I'm no champion of those who do those things. But I will say this, not every case is the same. And what she's really saying is there are mitigating circumstances at times that warrant consideration. Mitigating circumstances maybe being why somebody is doing it. For instance, is somebody downloading child pornography because they've got psychological uh, damage from the abuse they suffered as a child. And you can't, anybody who tells me it's the same as somebody who's downloading because they're no good rotten pervert who wants to create child porn and sell it, it's not the same to me. And I don't think it should be the same to a sentencing judge. 
uh, and I don't think it should be the same in the eyes of the guidelines. Now, there's going to be people who disagree, but it doesn't make me soft or permissible or uh, think that that child pornography should be permissible. I I don't. I, I, I clearly recognize that every time you create an image or every time somebody downloads an image of a kid naked doing sexual things, you're creating a market for images of kids who are naked doing sexual right. things, which means you're, you're, the evil people will take advantage of that and sell it to you. Well, uh, Steve, the other uh, really troubling aspect um, is not really Katanji Brown Jackson's doing at all. And uh, it's a little bit like we were talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame where Dolly Parton got nominated. It's, it's not Dolly's fault. It's not Katanji's fault uh, how the nomination came about. But it... it I would find it very refreshing if in her comments she had said something about the idea that um, that she appreciates the nomination, she's standing for the office, she wants to be on the Supreme Court, she thinks she's qualified, and she hopes to be uh, uh, you know, approved uh, by the Senate. But it would be refreshing to hear somebody in her position, a, a black woman, since those were the two criteria, that Biden said would control his nomination. Didn't and, see that in the constitutional requirements uh, to be a Supreme Court judge either. Well, and in fact, the final three candidates were all three black and all three women. And, you know, one would one would hope, you know, in, in a land that celebrates diversity or says it celebrates diversity, for somebody who is selected uh, on the basis of their skin color and their sex for that person to say, you know, I love the president, I appreciate his nomination and all that good stuff, but I have to disagree with the criteria. And and just and, and I think the whole nation would stand up and applaud her if she would say something like that, that, you know, her color and her gender simply don't matter. It's, it's, it's whether or not she's qualified and is the best candidate that President Biden could have put forward. And for her to acknowledge that and for her to say something about that would go a long way to healing some of the rifts that we have uh, that, have, that are artificially contrived by people like Obama who, who, who amped up racism in this country on purpose as a tactic and Antifa and BLM and all of this police statistics, which are all wrong about blacks as victims, you know, just it would be refreshing to see somebody in her position say, hey, you know, glad to be here. But I have to say it it's not right that uh, somebody should be selected on on the basis of what they look like. Well, and even if it comes down to Biden not socially signaling and just do it, just do it. I mean, just just OK. So you have three black female nominees and you never said a word about it. Guess what? Your actions already prove that you want that to occur. He went down you don't that have to, path you don't have to say it. Well, he went down that path with his vice presidential. Did the pick. same thing, right? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, virtue signaling. That's just, right. He's got this. It. it discredits the motive. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It discredits the motive. It does. Right. So, it does. And, and the shame of it is, she, because I'm not a legal expert, she might be the best candidate. That's right. But, she might be. I, I don't know. I'm not. It comes here. with an asterisk. That's right. That's because what, he said that at the very beginning. The asterisk is put it on. It's a damn shame. Now, for her now, sake, you're so right. So all white men need not apply. Right. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, she yeah. might yeah. be the best candidate of all other races and gender. 
Uh, or at it, least the same. You know? Yeah, or as good right. as. Right. But right. but because he wiped out, you know, uh, 85% of the population and said, well, I'm not going to consider the 85% just this 15% or whatever percent uh, black female uh, justices represent – crazy man it discredits her it just, a, honestly um, it really does it does it's an asterisk yeah it's interesting what you said it made me think of something i remember i read long long ago there was a, a tv show called Grey's anatomy i don't know if it's still on is it still on heck i don't know i don't know but it, it was Not a, a show time, and, though, and yeah. one of the characters on that was a gay man i forget his name but he was one of the main guys and uh, it came out in people magazine or something that he was gay okay and he was asked publicly, are, are you gay? He goes, well, well, yeah, but I hope you don't think that's the most interesting thing about me. Yeah. And I, I remember reading that just thinking, good for him. Yeah. It's like he yeah. didn't make a virtue out of it. He didn't make a big right. deal out of it. All he said was, well, yeah, but why do you care? Right. Yeah, which is really what he's saying. And this is like if she says, if this Supreme Court nomination or nominee says or any says, right. look, yeah, I'm a black woman or I'm a white man or I'm this or I'm that. I hope that's not the most important thing and the most important factor here yeah. because I've got a lot more substance to me than that. Correct. Than that. Right. right. And it could be that you could be a black woman and be incredibly ignorant and shallow and uh, right. and maybe even an evil, horrible person. It could be that you could be a white man and be incredibly, incredibly shallow and be an evil, rotten, horrible person. And the color of your skin shouldn't yeah. impact that either way. Right. But if you're using only the color of your skin, Duh. then you are never going to get to whether somebody actually is an evil, no good, ignorant, horrible, rotten person. Mm -hmm. Right. You're just going to say, we don't need to know that because you're black. It's, you're it's, it's just a terrible, it's a terrible thing to hang on her. And I, I wish the president wouldn't have done that. And, and like Brett just said, if he thought she was the best candidate, regardless, that's what he should have said. Yeah, right. I, I agree. I agree. So, anyway, because there are already tons of other factors in play. If you think about it, there's you a know, lot more play, political right? fact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, it's just part of it. So. But the Republicans, they'll 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 have a real nicety nice hearing. They're going to approve her. And uh, and that'll be that. And yeah. she's going to be on the court. Good for her. I can't. Uh, look, I, 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 I probably disagree with her on 99% of her constitutional ideology. Um, maybe not even that much. Or may, Actually, I'm going to rephrase that. I, I don't know to the extent I would disagree with her on her constitutional ideology because none of these hearings are really designed to get to that. No. <laughs> yeah. right. I, I don't know. And I'm yeah. not, I, I confess I'm not going to take the time, the work, and the effort to dig through her decisions and read them. Right, right, and I understand she probably doesn't have a whole huge body of work. I mean, she hasn't been on the. In She's the, fifty-one years old, probably not. Well, and it's not only that she hasn't been on a federal court of appeals very long. I think she's in a D.C. district, right? Well, that's okay. another trend, right? Is is yeah, accelerate them up? Well, yeah. it's more and more, uh, whether it's a Republican or a or a Democrat vice or presidential appointment uh, or a nomination for the Supreme Court. They're trying to find candidates that don't have an extensive written op opinion record. Yeah, that way you can't um, be held against that you. Way, right? That way there's less for the staff to go through to find objectionable things in it. Sort of right. like telling your kids, don't put stuff on social media. Right. That way nobody can know you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now that's, that uh, is, it's starting to become a thing. It is. And, and so you don't have your most experienced uh, court of appeals judges you know, who've been around forever being nominated to the Supreme Court anymore because they have this extensive body of of decisions. And it's interesting. And I, I guess, and, and maybe we, maybe it's not discussed enough, even though it's so obvious, is like experience matters. I mean, it, 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 how many times I've had to deal with significant constitutional issues in my legal practice, It's it, you don't get that 
opportunity very often. Yeah. And by significant, I mean like stuff that could move the 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 foundations a little bit or support the foundations a little bit. It's like I deal with Fourth Amendment stuff all the time and I've had some litigation that way, but every now and then you get a big issue that really forces us as attorneys to dig into it and really understand it and really and really argue uh, one way or another about the ideology of the of the foundational documents. Well, and, and one of the outcomes of not having a, a huge body of work to examine on these candidates is the surprise and shock of the decisions that they arrive at, like right. Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts, uh, calling Obamacare a tax right. instead of a mandate, an, right. Ill, an unconstitutional mandate. Clearly, that's what it was. Right. Scalia and Thomas just went... And he's just a people pleaser. Yeah, they, they, right. they would never have seen it that way. And I think, you know... And I think if you don't have the experience, you're going to be less likely either way on either side. If you don't have the experience dealing with these issues to actually have a position, legally support it, and then defend it against the the onslaught. Sure. So you're just going to go with the crowd. You're going to go with who you think you need to go with. Unless you're Robert, you're going to go with however you think it's going to be the least controversial. I guess that that begs the question, is there enough enough brain power on the opposite of her to even ask those intelligent questions. Uh, you know what I mean? If she had the body of work, are they, it would it, it never come out. It wouldn't matter. Exactly. It wouldn't matter. No, so a lot of these things are going to be cases of first impression for her, yeah. for the, for, for, for the whole class of these judges that really don't have a big body. They don't have a philosophy already worked out by the time they get up. Sure. You know, and if you don't have that, it's easy to say, well, let's just do it this way. Yeah, that's right. Let's just not follow yeah, this, right? right? That'll never contradict anything I've ever said because I've never said anything. Because right. when <laughs> I was younger, I would have I would have taken a different position on Roe v. Wade. I mean, if I when I, I remember looking at it, it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense, and you know, whatever. But right. I, I didn't have the experience to understand the consequences of that yet, right. of like fabricating a constitutional right. Like Bowers v. Hardwick would be one. Well, yeah, no, the, the the government shouldn't be able to prohibit you in your own home from doing things. But it doesn't mean that you need to, like, how they got to the decision or how they got to Roe v. Wade creates a precedent that all, that makes everything after that uh, uncertain, unknown, dangerous, or... And federal, uh, federalized. And, and political. Yeah. And I political. Mean, I mean, all, all, our personal behavior is largely federalized after decisions like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah things that sure. should clearly are the purview of the states, the individual states, are now, like, I, I, it's almost impossible to find an area of your personal life as a human that's not somehow federally regulated. It's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's scary stuff. It's yeah. starting to get out of well, control. What do you think the, the of the history of the Supreme Court justices? You think a lot of it is on job on the job training for them though? Uh, I, 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 think, I don't know enough of, about that. Well, I think it is now. I don't it think is it now. was yeah. not that way yeah. you okay. know, like, previously. Like most of them, I think, it'd be, it's a good question, probably one worthy of not speculating uh-huh. but researching, but it, most of them, I think it had a, a good deal of time in a federal court of okay. appeals dealing with constitutional issues. At least in our recent history that well, we like, can recall. Yeah. Well, right. like yeah. Judge Bork. That's why they took him apart. They yeah. took it because he had... He'd written books. He, oh, he had given so he had lectures. The other extreme that they he, could tear he, apart. he had so much material, right? Okay. You know yeah. that they're they're dragging him back to Brown versus Board. Yeah, you know, and things like that. That yeah. I mean, you know. And, yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's not a good. It's bad. Yeah. It, it's it's just yeah. 
it is watering down the significance of the Constitution with judges who don't have a lot of experience with the Constitution. And then you get these folks who are just going to go with the flow or say, no, it's a living, breathing, changing, we can make it whatever we want type of document. And once you have that, once you have gone down that path, once you've crossed that bridge, rather, um, it's really hard to find concrete standards that are going to that give us a foundational structure to build a society upon. Yeah. Like if we don't know that we can rely on what's in the Constitution, then where does it stop? How it's almost like a postmodernist view of the world, right? There there are no standards. None of it really matters. It can be whatever we want. It's all relative. Your right is not my right. Your wrong is not my wrong. Your morality is is different than my morality, and that's okay. I have my truth, and you have your truth. It's all BS. Yeah. There has to be a fundamental truth. There has to be a fundamental set of rules on how things work. Otherwise, it falls. It's it. It may not happen now, but it's like it's 476 A.D. Right? It's the fall. It's it's the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. Well, right. on a lighter note, did you all hear about the jet ski shooting down in South Carolina? I didn't. No. The most amazing fact pattern of all time. The sheriff down there just announced that the shooter will not be prosecuted. It was in self-defense. I did hear about this. The guy in the pontoon boat picks up the the, uh, the jet skiers. Yep. Let me go into the facts. So, yeah. The, yeah. so the guy's on a boat in the lake. He sees a couple on a, a two jet skis. Okay, and they're, they're they had submerged them and they needed rescuing. So he rescues this man and woman, brings them onto his boat. The guy, the man who was rescued, one of the jet skiers. His jet skis out there doing lazy loops in the water, and he's get and, he, and, he, and he's getting very pushy. That he wants the pontoon people to take him over to his jet ski and and somehow involve him in a in a rescue of his jet ski. They had just saved his life, but but now they're supposed to save. So his they were jet ski. in the water without life jackets, and he and he okay. and, the, and and they were rescued. So yeah. they bring him on board. The guy starts getting pushy and shovy physically. And the rescuer's wife, so man and woman on the pontoon boat that did the rescue, the wife of the rescuer ends up shoving this guy when he got a little too uh, physical uh, off the pontoon boat back into the water. The guy then re reboards the pontoon and starts to fight with a couple. Now, where, is it, now he's a pirate. Yeah. Whereupon the rescuer, who had just saved his life, pulls out a revolver or whatever kind of gun and pops him, and he died right there on the boat. Oh. Sheriff says self-defense. Yeah, That would, by definition, he's a pirate. Yeah, he's a pirate. Yeah, so here's the, it's interesting. I, I'd have wow. to see. You know, shiver, oh. me t- shiver me timbers. Exactly. Shiver me timbers. I, I want my, me jet, jet ski. My jet ski, exactly. Take there. me to me jet ski, matey. <laughs> And here I fly my Jolly Roger colors. <laughs> see, see, I did the I did Yoda on the other show, so oh, wow. you know. So it's uh, in Ohio anyway. A motor vehicle is is treated like your home. Well, now we have stand your ground anyway. But even if we didn't, Ohio has uh, has recognized that a motor vehicle, and in this case, a boat, is like your home. I mean, it is your it's your castle. So you can't you don't have a duty to retreat. And where were these people going to go if the attack or the onslaught from these pirates? We're going to continue. It's like they had no they had no place to retreat. Now you could say they could have used they didn't have to use deadly force, and that would be the claim. Um, but if you have these stand your ground laws, they're going to be protected. Is it self defense? Well, I mean, you be the judge. I mean, that's uh, what else were they going to do if this guy? It sounds like two things were going on. He was attacking the boat like a pirate. 
but he was also insistent upon uh, putting the boat captain in some degree of danger because you can just picture a jet ski doing circles out there and they wanted the boat captain to go and intervene in this. Well, it was more than a verbal request. They, he assaulted. The, oh, sure, and he did so at the yeah. to the point where he's getting That's violent. Right. You're going to do this, and I'm going to kick a, your ass. Asking a right. pontoon to do that, yeah, yeah, versus a boat. I mean, but I mean, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a discussion that he, that caused him to be shot. It was his physical accosting. It was yeah. the physical accosting. So the only argument against self defense would be: did was there enough? Or, uh, did, did the amount of force used against the shooter warrant the shooting? In other words, you can't use, generally speaking, not or deadly force to repel non-deadly force, except in places like your home or uh, when you're in fear for you think it could escalate, uh, or you have these stand your ground laws. Um, so it's um, it's an interesting law school debate for sure, and you end up in a um, you end up in a, in a weird. Uh, juxtaposition like this, like should he have been able to get shot? It doesn't fit. Him. But then when you really analyze it, it makes sense. Well, Norm, as I as I always say, or sometimes say here, I actually have a real job sometimes, and I got to get back to it. And I, I do have a, a legal emergency that is emergent, an emergent emergency. It's uh, maybe a um, oxymoron, but anyway, I, I got to wrap up the roundtable. So those who like the longer roundtable, well, I'm sorry, it's only a half a roundtable. Those who don't like the longer roundtable, well, congrats, you get a shorter roundtable. Right. Um, we'll but, refund your ticket price. There you go. Yeah, we'll refund your ticket price. Just expect the check in the mail. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, whatever you paid, you'll get back. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, unless you're a Patreon, then you've just lost your dollar. Uh, so I guess with that, let's do a quick wrap up. Um, again, the, the podcast space is filling up. So uh, we want to, if you want to get your own podcast, uh, check out Circle 270 Media, mypodcastguy.com, mypodcastguy.com, lawyertalkpodcast.com for questions, for topics, for comments. Feel free to leave uh, questions, etc. And with that, we're going to wrap it up. So until next time, this is Lawyer Talk off the record, but on the air, at least until now.